All right, hello. This is Alex from Coffee and Alex, and I'm joined with Davide. Uh, Davide, could you introduce yourself for me, please? Hello, Mr. Clark. <laughs> so we've been knowing we've been knowing each other for quite a while, but myself. True. Uh, the full name is Davide Bozet Zirpoli, and I'm currently a student at the Glasgow Academy of Fine Art mm-hmm. in uh, Glasgow. How's how's it going? It's going pretty well. We went back after, you know, the forced break mm-hmm. of three months mm-hmm. because unfortunately and unfortunately because we we work from life all the time, mm-hmm. the online option is not really an option for us. Yeah. How does that we work? Have... How does that work then? Because obviously you've got to be doing the painting and the online stuff doesn't work. So, Well, we go, we try to go out. When it was possible, you know, we get the suggestion, the push to do landscaping or to go around sketching. But the main focus is to work from life. And when we are in the studio, we have a model or we have stuff that we do from cast. So it's, doing it online wouldn't be honest for the method of the academy itself, mm. which is, is actually a good point, you know, because we're honest about, what do you say, the not agenda, but, you know, the program. Yeah, yeah, like kind of the principles and, like, the stuff going on Exactly. It. it would be much more easy for them to just, you know, switch it online, give you some exercise to do on your own, but it's not the same thing. So but it's obvi- good to be back. Obviously, just to outline for people listening, I mean, you're a student at, at the Glasgow Academy of Fine Art, but you've been painting for quite a long time now, haven't you? I mean, you moved to um, England and took a job which let you kind of paint a lot in your free time. Well, I have to correct you because I, I, I don't want to incur in problems with the neighbours. I moved to Scotland. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, very true. That was a that was a mind blank. That shows how English I am. Yeah, you moved to Scotland, not England. Um, carry on. I wanted I wanted to move to a country where where people speak clear English, so I decided to move to Glasgow. <laughs> but it was a good idea. But uh, no, it was fun. God, what a struggle uh, no, it was for I've me. I've been studying art basically since high school because in Italy you can choose the address of what you're going to study. Like if you go to the scientific address to then go into medicine or stuff like that. So mm. I picked up the painting basically at the time there was still the painting class back in high school. Mm-hmm. And I've always been, you know, the classic story, I've always been drawing since I was like two years old, basically. This has been a recurring theme. Sorry, no, carry on, carry on. No, 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 please. Well, I was going to say, the other people that I've talked to, all of them have been painting since since a quite young age. And with me, I was writing mostly in uh, primary school. And then I kind of stopped in early high school and picked it up a bit later on. Um, but yeah, uh, going to your, like your early influences, because I know a little bit about kind of, I would say your mid influences kind of thinking of your career now, but like, what were your kind of starting influences when you were in high school? What did you like to paint then? Well, actually back in the day, because I've been thinking about recently, I don't think I knew much about painting in general, Mm. but because even though I was in high school, and you had like art history and everything like compared to what i'm trying to do now which is basically based on the academic method i didn't really come in contact with anything like that Mm. so like many others uh 
comics, you know, certain type of illustrations. And then once you get into it, you start kind of selecting the one that you like the most, the style that you like the most. And then you find out that the artist of the comic took inspiration from a painting. Do you think Any that lessens kind of... it? Or... Sorry? Do you think that lessens lessens the thing behind it at all? Like that they took influence from another painting? Oh, no, well, a lot of times we simply say it, you know, for like a particular comic cover or something like that, there's a clear inspiration or you read an interview about the illustrator and they will tell you all the names of the whole master or the even just other illustrator in the 20th century or 19th century. You go back even just 100 years and there's like, as we are going to talk later, people like the symbolist or mystical symbolism well, take a lot of modern picture wouldn't even exist without that well that's very true and that's interesting kind of going to um crowley alistair crowley obviously because um and just to um lay out for people here i mean when, when was alistair crowley was he about a hundred years ago now um i think a bit he died in the i think he died in the 60s i thought of a heroin uh, overdose. i think he actually died immediately after the war because i think churchill was still alive Mm, yeah, because when I look back, I thought he was the late 1800s. Um, yeah, he but... was born in the 19th century for sure, and I think he died in 1940-something. And he I was might a... be wrong. Yeah, he di- I'm sure he died of a heroin overdose in Hastings out of all places, considering his life. <laughs> you know, like, it's not... I, I think he had a lot of, like, health issues already. He was in a good place altogether, but, yeah, that probably didn't help. But obviously he was, a, 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 would you say it's fair to say, as a black magician? I think, whatever you define as a black magician, but I think he was... You know, mm. I read a lot about him more than I read from him i had a little book and uh, i gave it to a guy from uh, sussex a few years ago you let me borrow it as well for a bit i think it was still, um, <laughs> yeah yeah me oh i'm from suffolk a little i'm not sure suffolk, what did, oh, mistake, that was that was um oh it's a it's a small small terrible place suffolk it's yeah, it's all right it's pretty but there's not a lot going on but like um it was the book of law wasn't it yeah, it was the book of law, the little little red book. Mm. And I managed to read a bit of it, but I probably read more stuff about him because of the character than not his actual writings. Well, it's interesting because he was, obviously I've got a MA in theology and I did, quite, you know, Asian traditions was, was more my focus. And I remember. He took, yeah, he took a lot of um, Buddhist concepts and going back to what you said about symbolism, he kind of tried to rework, rework them in a Western subconscious. So he tried to take kind of Western symbolism and put it in a, you know, follow the, the route of enlightenment, more with kind of esoteric Tibetan Buddhist schools. I mean, it was more, he more followed the route of when you're trying to visualize yourself becoming a Buddha than typical enlightenment, if there is one. And, yeah, that's what he was kind of his focus. But would you say you're not that influenced by him then? Not by him personally. It kind of expanded because, for instance, no, I'm not an expert, but if you track him down, there was a moment, like, between, like, I mean, it might be an entire century of longer, you know, but, like, between romanticism going... 
I don't know how to call the period, but you know, through the Victorian era later, there was this focus on uh, mysticism, uh, esotericism, mm. uh, occultism. But and the, I think Crowley is probably the cherry on top. He was he actually got thing. thrown out because there was a school, I think it was maybe the Golden Dawn um, or the Golden... What, do you, you know the one I'm talking about, but Yates was part I, of it as I well. I read all about it, but I don't remember the specifics, so don't quote he was, on it. But he, I think he held founding it. Yeah, I believe so as well. And he felt that it wasn't hardcore enough for him, basically, so he walked away. And um, Yeah, because that's the point with Crowley, that there's a lot of uh, occultists or, you know, people just interested in the occult that are really, I don't want to say tame, but, you know, more on the intellectual side. Yeah, I would probably... Well, Crowley has the reputation for everything else as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um Absolutely. You meet, um, you know, doing theology and, and such, you, you do meet people who yeah, you meet people who, who are crazy in all kinds of life, but the academic, crazy, occultist kind of types, you're right, they would never let themselves cross that line, though. Um, and when I say that, you know, for people listening, when I say cross that line, I mean kind of mad sexual stuff involving a lot of drugs and do not sacrifice taboos. cats. It's not useful. Well, yeah, he, 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 I'm pretty sure he made a woman have sex with a goat. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't, you know, the, the the line between the legends because the point of the character that he, he probably liked, even if it wasn't true, you know, he would probably push it out because it was good for him to get this negative twist on anything he did. For sure, and you can imagine like how society was at the time as well that they must have all been crowing about it. Well, yeah, if, it's, if it was shocking for you today, imagine what it must have been, <laughs> like in 1902, you know. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Um, but no, what, what what are your main, what? well, I, I could should say were, but I think it's still obviously something you're kind of interested in or at least aware of. But what were your main kind of esoteric influences? Again, I think I, I did, I need to go the other way around because I always mm -hmm. come from the paintings. Mm -hmm. And like, I would have never got interested in esotericism or things like that if it wasn't because you start liking certain type of paintings and then you start reading about it. And then you realize the heart is involved with this or that mm. and you start digging. Mm. So that was really interesting. But then you also, you know, you take yourself out of it you try to go back in with different perspective and you see like, I don't know, because like I was talking with you, I think a couple of times about William Blake as well. Yeah, of course. Of course. He had um, many visions of romantic, just to clarify who he is as well, because it's good to give context. Um, he was the romantic poet, wasn't he? Who had, um, who had visions and was pretty yeah, out there. It, You can use visionary. The guy was clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, his stuff like, is amazing. was a bit out of his mind too, but, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, people say he could have had epilepsy, but I think that's a bit reductive considering almost, you know, the stuff that he claimed to have seen and the art that was spawned from it. I mean, it was, um, it's, it's pretty inspirational. Well, also, I, like, believe myself 
that he got a lot of stuff right in mm. terms of the, the guy was like trying to trace a map of the inner human being or you know if you want to say in a generalized way but he got a lot of stuff right i mean it's really interesting when you read it and i think there's a quote from someone saying that his, his madness makes more sense than a lot of rational poets well it's interesting um that you say that i mean Obviously, I, I've been, one of my main influences is uh, Taoism, but I'm always quite conscious with myself, although I'm certainly very influenced by spirituality and there is a part of me that that wants to kind of fully accept it. I think there's part of me which also pulls back and is like, no, you need to be sane, even though a lot of some of the stuff you hear sounds kind of correct to me. I mean, but then one of the first things of Taoism is it's almost it's like fight. You're not supposed to talk about it. It's ineffable, you know, the kind of the stuff um, which is written. Even though there are all these books at its at its core, it's it's supposed to be unspeakable about, or words can't capture it. And perhaps that's where artwork can be a bit better at doing that. I don't know. What do you think? In terms of. Like in terms of keeping both reality and the spiritual together, more so with whether you can capture that spiritual element more in artwork than you can with words, perhaps. Because I think the problem is how much the again spirituality, using a general term, mm. is implemented into the reality. Because the more you go back, the more think about Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. I, use, I always use it as an example because usually everyone knows it. Mm. You don't have the Sistine Chapel without religion. Mm. That is a story that is obviously full of symbol. Is 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 what it is, and I've seen it with my eyes. You know, it's kind of a shock when you actually see it. You, it's not just craft. I've seen the Sistine Chapel a long, a long time ago, and it is, it is, it is stunning. You're right. It, what is, what is symbolism to you? Maybe that's quite a difficult question, but or we could say why, why is either what is symbolism to you, or why is symbolism important? Well, yeah, this is a bit of a difficult. Question. I'm sure, but I use it the wrong way all the time because I'm sure there's a practical definition that I probably read 15 times and I keep forgetting mm. because it defines a certain period in which po I think it works for poetry, it works for paintings, it works even for music is you know, is a, a current and uh, but I think they were doing it like I'm sorry, I'm looking for the right words. The English abandons me. No, it's that. fine, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with the bear sometimes. No, no worries, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> As like some of the symbolists were extreme in like exposing the symbols to you. But because we were going through, I, I see it as the last shout before modernity in a way. Michelangelo didn't need to do it because the entire work is a story, is an allegory, is a narrative. Is you can't take it out of it. Well, that's an interesting thing to say. The last chapter before modernity, because um, now this is in, from what I've kind of read and studied. I mean, 
So, you know, we, you had Newton, right? And, and from the science of Newton, it was kind of thought if you could calculate all the forces, all the matter, or, you know, ev- everything that's going on, you'd be able to ac- accurately predict the future. But then we have things like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, uh, chaos theory, um, uh, quantum physics, which, you know, has proven at the current moment, I believe, that things are inherently unpredictable. And this is where uh, an opening for spirituality, I think, at least for now, has kind of come about. Maybe it's a kind of God of the gaps, uh, an argument where there's things we can't say what's going on, so you can put in spirituality, whereas we might understand at some point. But it seems to me that, um, you know, we've kind of, the pendulum swung back a little bit. Well, that that's what I meant. Like what you described was basically a focus on rationality, mm. you will say. With like the Vienna like, Circle. Sorry? No, well, when you, when you say that one point after Newton, there was that focus more on the rational. That is not, um, you know, I'm not clearly an expert, <laughs> but there's a, a focus on rationality, and at the same time, you have painters or artists that focus exactly on the opposite, going looking for the spiritual because they feel a lack of it. Do so you it reconnects in a way to what you were saying? Does this connect to some of your work? Do you think? I mean, let's take the kind of the the print that we did together recently, the nameless print. Um, and you have, um, what was the, the, can you tell me a bit about the, your thinking behind the, the drawing of that? Well, I think the most, I read it a few times and uh, the, the last three lines, I think, I don't have mm-hmm. the copy here, I printed it. Oh, I think I, I do because I can see it here, the last three lines. So the, the last verse, um, retracting and refracting towards one station, one mind. My rusty eyes are the tracks as I sit nameless. Exactly that part. And it also gave me, how to say, like it has a tragic feeling in a way. Mm. Not heavy, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, I, for some reason, I don't remember the process, but I ended up thinking about all the St. Sebastian paintings that I'd seen. Can you tell me a bit about St. Sebastian? Well, I can tell you about the iconography. Yeah, go on. I don't on, remember go exactly on. the story at the moment. Yeah, carry on. The, from, from medieval time to the Renaissance, till later you can see this poor guy tied to a tree, mm-hmm. looking at the sky while harrows just fly into him. Mm. Then you have the medieval version that is a bit more crude. The Renaissance one, which is the one I've honestly stolen we can say <laughs> to modify it that is a bit more aesthetically pleasant but the idea is still the martyrdom mm. do you think martyr- you- sorry carry on sorry no 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 carry so on. just in your in your uh, in the last verse i kind of got that inevitability feeling of the thing you were describing the end of the the end of the journey uh, I think you can't avoid it. No, no, you can't. You can't. And this is where, <clears throat> you know, perhaps you don't need spirituality, but 
you know, to comprehend. I mean, for me, whether I would identify as spiritual or not, I mean, you essentially are made from what is already here and you go back into it. And um, that for me is enough to kind of, I, when, when I think you either see everything as spiritual or nothing as spiritual. I think that's yeah, how the comfortable out measures are not really honest. No, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. I, uh, so with with um, with Saint Sebastian, I mean, what? Where? So he was he was kind of with he was murdered by having arrows shot into him. Um, I think I remember this. So, do you remember a little bit about the story at all, or? Nobody can go look it up if you want, because I, I did read it, but, <laughs> as usual. It was a long time ago. The, infor the information doesn't last long. So, why did you move away from esoteric influences? Let me say it again. Why did you move away from the esoteric? Well, I didn't really, but it's more about, well, first of all, you can go down rabbit holes all the time mm. and then is actually reading about it i have a beautiful book that i suggest you get if you can it's called uh, dreamers of decadence mm -hmm. and it's a very beautiful book about the symbolist and because is an essay it talks about it in terms of movement with the chronology you know with a more, I don't want to say detached eye because the guy is clearly passionate about the subject, but you don't need to think like the painter to just see the entire picture. Mm. And so you want to consider more and more and move through, you know, the entire history without believing or, you know, I'm not interested in believing or in advocating for anything. I just honestly find an attraction to a certain ways of representation and i think the spiritual the transcendental and the metaphysical have a place i mean it just works better man so to be honest with you i don't know how no 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 i do <laughs> i do but this is almost going back to when i said with Taoism, when it says you can't talk about it like it's inevitable i think you get these feelings um in life in general and, and about things where you just know this is where i should be this is what exactly. fits with me and that's what i call or what i kind of suppose see as the Tao, or whatever you you call it it's um it's this following this kind of way where you know this is where i will best fit if that makes something sense. resonates with you you notice absolutely absolutely and the more you pay attention the more it works out do you but think to explain it is difficult? Would you say? Do you think that this is kind of like a a a higher purpose of art, or do you think it is just one kind of aspect of art? Well, that's another difficult one because it's also quite a subject. Every time you read about it, mm. because you know what what place should this have into art? What should art focus on? Because also, in a way, you know, whatever you're looking at, um, whatever art you're looking at, it brings you to a different kind of place, a, a realm which isn't um, feasibly possible. Normally, e even if it's realistic painting, even if it's realistic drawing, it's not 
real. That's not life. A portrait isn't a photo, you know. So it, 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 it always brings you to this different kind of way of looking at things in a way. Yeah, but I believe that's the reason why it exists. Mm. Otherwise, you know, again, as you said, you can, I can make a painting of you today. And if, if it's good enough, you know, and it survives 200 years, nobody will know who you were, maybe. But the painting can still have value. And, and it's not just for the representation of a face. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's, a, that's another good point. It's almost kind of a defying time in a weird way. Although, of course, one day you assume all these things will die indefinitely. Copies of paintings may die indefinitely or be lost. But it's a way of kind of challenging time or, you know, existing past it. Um, well, I, yeah, I don't see the point of anything that is temporary. Could down like, although you know, I'm not a big fan of social realism. To tell, <laughs> no, no, I've had to write um, realistic fiction for um, for this children's story thing, and it seems ridiculous to me for a lot of different reasons, mainly because they're meant to be for six to sixteen year olds, but. Um, you know, you lose the having that creative thing, having that creative flair of being like, oh, this is going to happen. The monkeys are going to attack. You know, it's what makes it fun, the ridiculousness of it and also the otherworldliness of it. I wouldn't know because even the realism itself, if it's honest realism, you still, you know, people will say you touch the human part and the human part works now and works in 500 years. Mm. But but you need to be honest about the type of realism. Ah, but realism can still be real in the abstract, I think, because as long as you're heading on themes and emotions, um, say the monkeys are going to attack, okay, perhaps they would never attack. But the fear, the fear is relatable. Um, the, the surprise is relatable, if you see what I mean. And perhaps this is going back to what we were saying with symbolism perhaps that's part of the point i mean um you know you don't often see an egyptian ankh about the place and but the the feeling that that gives you perhaps that's relatable sorry what example did you use an egyptian the there's the ankh the uh, perhaps it's a bad one let's say a cross a cross would give you a feeling even though you might not be able to put it into words it gives you a feeling well, but we also know what it is. Mm. But we do, we do recognize symbols, even from culture that don't exist anymore, and we don't know exactly what they are. But we know that there was an importance given to the symbol. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Or uh, uh, you can think in paintings like in the Renaissance or even before. I mean, they probably happen all the time. But in a certain moment, it was more. Or you say you can buy a book to decipher paintings that are 500 years old because all the symbolism of these or these objects within a certain position that you will never know if you didn't actually study it, but they're still there. You don't call them symbolists, they simply did it. Yeah, no, I, I do see what you're saying. We've, we've only got two minutes and 20 seconds left, amazingly. We've kind of gone oh, right. through that. Yeah, so. My last main question for you 
is what advice would you give to people who are interested in art who want to kind of get good at it to kind of find their way what advice would you give to artists in that situation in all honesty after i've spent 15 years trying to find a good way to learn find a good academy mm. learn learn the craft first and as they say you can do whatever you want after but do you think you need kind of your own personal i mean obviously but but do you need do you need kind of a personal love within that, would you say? It depends what you want to do. I wanted to get a certain level of, what do you say, craftsmanship. And I couldn't do it on my own. So I wasn't satisfied with my work. So it's still a personal choice. But if you want to do a certain kind of job, just ask yourself how much you actually need to learn. Because as long as you try half ways, is simply, I, I think it's a waste of time, to be honest, mm. without being harsh. Mm. If you can find a good school that actually teaches you the way you want to paint, and then you can do whatever subject, it's probably the best choice. Yeah. Okay, no, thank you for that, Davide. And, like, yeah, thank you for coming on, and I look forward to what pleasure. you're going to be uh, painting soon. Well, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> for the next for the next project for the kiss of the sphinx exactly yeah working with it Brilliant. another six months a year or something <laughs> no worries i'll be i'll be here waiting anyway yeah thanks again right, and uh see you soon